Welcome to the Eagles Nest Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this recent message by Senior Pastor Tim Winter. Did you tell someone God loves them, God loves you? I'm going to be joined by Mike Herbert, one of our ministers. He's going to uh, just bring an official closing. I want to uh, activate as many people as I can in the things of the Lord. That's the call on my life. And God loves everybody. Every human being that is conceived is conceived and then born in the image and likeness of God. And so there's a God particle in you that when you, uh, when you connect it back to the source who is God, it begins to grow like a seed and flower and bring forth fruit. And so that's a ministry gift. God's not looking at our flaws. You look in the mirror, many times you see a flaw. God's looking at the beauty of the Lord in us. And uh, he opens our eyes to see that. And so we're here to activate uh, the work of God as we identify uh, God's gift in your life. We want to bless you. And that's the goal of ministry and our, part of our mission at Eagles Nest Church. And as um, we activate people, you can learn by watching. You can learn by, by learning and learn by doing. But you can also learn how to lead someone to Christ by watching. And so uh, beginning today, we've talked about it a lot, but... We have someone that opens the service, and those are important remarks. If you get here late, you might miss that, and that's okay. But as, as important as it is for the people hearing it, now, this is important. It's probably equally or more important for the person saying it because you get better at your pitch. Remember Randy Johnson in high school? He was long and lanky and strong and a baseball player, but he wasn't throwing 102 miles an hour. He worked at that. He was coached. And then he was massaged into being one of the best what, Cy Young Award uh, pitchers that ever, ever threw the baseball. It's the same thing as uh, sharing the gospel. I'm convinced that people love God, and uh, the, otherwise you wouldn't brave the elements to come to church. But sometimes we, we don't know how to pitch what God wants us to pitch. So uh, if you hear a gospel presentation, um, take a few notes, say, oh, I can do that. And uh, then say, Lord, I'm ready today to do that. And you get to put your own spin on it. Okay. So uh, thank you, Mike, for, um, you know, that you'll be uh, working with me at the close. I want to talk about the vision in this year of 2020 with you. As you see those little words getting smaller and smaller, I don't know if you can strain. I want to honor Julia. Uh, She helped me uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it threw me in a frenzy up here. Because I purposely misspelled the last good vision, and she caught it with her perfect vision and corrected it. So I'm turning around, and I was going to say, now, see how sometimes you can't even see when something's wrong? And I looked around, and it was right. And I said, Lord, are you doing miracles here? I said, God, I, mean, I got the cyber gods against me everywhere I go. Uh, you know, and, I, and she said, oh, no, Pastor Tim, I corrected it because it was spelled wrong. I said, okay, thank you. But next time... <laughs> She said, well, you should have told me. I said, you're right, you're right, you're right. But as sometimes we have to adjust our vision and clarify what we see and ask questions. And I want to talk about, of all things, I'm going to juxtaposition today, uh, vision with hearing. And I want to read to you out of the scriptures. Let's set our little uh, launch pad here. We're, we're launching off of Proverbs 29 and verse 18. 
And then we'll pray. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. I want to envision God speaking to me and see it happening and walk into the realm of that in reality. Not virtual, but wow, God really speaks to us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're here in the fullness of the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're touching people. You're you're, uh, encouraging hearts. You're loving on us. Even as we sang these songs, we felt your tangible presence. We don't certainly understand it all, but we've chosen as a child to be, as like a child to believe. Will you bless each and every one of us and speak to us uh, very clearly today, a clear message that, yes, you speak to us, and we as your dear children hear your voice. I thank you in advance for the things uh, that you're about to do. I honor you for what you've already done. And, Lord, I thank you that your plans for us are good and not evil. You're looking at us through the Lord Jesus Christ who prayed for all those that would hear the words of those that followed you, and that's us. So we thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Where there's no vision, the people perish. I want you to envision, have the vision in in the mental or spiritual uh, capacity to see yourself or envision yourself hearing from God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1 real quick. This is such a powerful paragraph of sentences. I want to share this. I began with it last week, and I want to, once again, draw the strength out of this. God, who at sundry times, sundry is a good word for various, or an old English word, God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spoke in times past unto the fathers, say, by the prophets, by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken, say, unto us, unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels. Now this is, this is supporting the argument or the statement or the declaration that God speaks by his Son. This is who the Son is. He's uh, so much better than the angels. He's by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Why is that? He lived a perfect life. And so God released the full inheritance that he planned in heaven for an obedient lifestyle. Unto which of the, and, and being made better than the angels, unto which of the angels has he said at any time, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. Or again, unto him I will be a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings in the first begotten into the world, And said, let all the angels worship him. Now, the writer of Hebrews is giving substantive support to his statement that God used to speak by the prophets, but in the last days he speaks to us by his son. So that'll be important as I share with you what I want to share that God put on my heart today. Let's move on to two times that God affirmed from heaven with a voice that was heard, a voice of words, say a voice of words. There's a voice of words that God uh, reserves to use from heaven when he needs to use it, and he uses it sometimes. I want to talk about you hearing from God. I want to convince you that you hear from God, and I declare to you, as the scripture says, you hear from God. So many people dial 1-900, oh, pastor, can you pray? Yes, 
But my goal is to not keep giving you a prayer. It's to teach you to pray. And then you say, like pa- people praying for me, Pastor, I'm praying for you. And I, and I said to the, uh, Bill and to Sharon, you'll never believe. Well, these are believers. I shouldn't have said that. You will believe what happened on Tuesday. And I started telling them on Wednesday morning. And Kathy's in the back. She begins to weep. And I began to weep. And Bill began to weep. And I said, wow, I haven't even got the whole story yet. He said, yeah, but... You don't know what we've been praying for you about on Friday nights, just even when the two of us come out. God's doing what we've been asking. These are hearing from God. Mike, can you tell your pastor's excited? Oh, well, if you think I am, wait till Clark preach. He, he gave the ball to me last week, so I, I took it back. He says, Tim, I'm going to pick it up in a, in, a, in a week or two. But we're excited about Jesus. We're excited about hearing God. Here's Jesus at the beginning of his earthly ministry. I read this last week, but... Every time I read it, it just floods me with encouragement. I'm so enthused that God speaks to people. So here he is. He's going down into the Jordan River over there in Karim where we got, remember, hey, Dale, can you raise your hand? Clark, will you raise your hand? Stu, raise your hand. And where's the other one for your brother, Mitch? These are the Jordan 7. We went in that Jordan River right where Jesus was. I am telling you, it is so cold. It shriveled us up for like eight eight weeks after that. (laughs) And we baptized the whole bus full, and oh man. Well, Jesus goes in there, and when he's done identifying with the current move of God, and that's a good word. Don't stand and and poke fun, or I've been there, I've done that, or I know better. Identify with what God is doing in the earth. Pray for it. Uh, You might not understand it, but you might not need to give your money to it. On the other hand, God might tell you to sow a seed, but identify with it. Jesus is identifying with John the Baptist, who's preaching repentance from sins, uh, or, or, or turning from sins, repentance toward God. A voice comes from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So all the people heard a noise, not all understood, but Jesus understood, and others understood. And I meant to say this last week on Super Sunday. I was not talking about Super Bowl. I was talking about the S-O-N. This is is the uh, catalyst for that. This is my well-beloved son, my beloved son. And God loved Jesus and sent him to the earth. And Jesus loved his father. They were perfect in oneness, yet completely distinct. And the Holy Spirit also being in, in triune Godhead. But the voice of God comes from heaven, and Jesus heard it, and others heard it. Now, the significance of that is at the beginning of what God wanted him to do on the earth, a voice of words was heard. It wasn't an internal thing that could could be shared and might not be believed. It was something that, you know, like an earthquake. The Richter scale recorded it. Something happened, and not everyone knew, but it happened, and that is a good thing to commence his ministry. Then three years later, he's on the Mount of uh, Transfiguration at the end of his earthly ministry. He's there. It was either Mount uh, Hermon or Mount Tabor. I'm not here to argue which is which. Uh, Both of them are elevations where Jesus uh, often went. And so on one of those mountains, Jesus was there, and Moses and Elijah appeared with him. And in the glory cloud, God speaks again. And while Jesus is discussing his next several weeks with Moses and Elijah, imagine, Bill, if that, or Sharon, you know, maybe the whole 
And, and I, I certainly understand. Everyone's not going to come out to a prayer meeting. Anyone's not going to come to the men's meeting, to the youth group. You know, people come to where God's nudging them to come. But imagine if the door opened up and there comes Moses walking in there. I bet he'd kind of sound like, oh, well, it's 7 o'clock, let's get started. And after that, let's go get something to eat. I mean, he was just a normal, fun-loving, God-loving guy. So Moses and Elijah are there. Let's go back to the next one, uh, Transfiguration. They're speaking with him about his death. Moses represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets. And while they're speaking, and, and, and Peter and James and John are also there, they're like kind of, I don't know. I don't know how they're like. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of imagining they, they fell asleep, and when they awoke, this conversation is, is in is, is taking place. And it's kind of, you, you ever kind of lift an eye and you wonder, are you still sleeping? Maybe it's a good dream. Maybe it's not a good dream. I, I, am I sleeping? Is this real? Uh, and I think it was kind of like that. And finally, Peter launched off this, wow, this is real. Jesus, it's good for us to be here. Let's make a dwelling for Moses and let's make a dwelling. Uh, let's honor Moses and honor, honor the law and let's honor the prophets. And boo, this is my Beloved son, my well-loved son, my unique, uh, monogenes is the Greek word, there's only one of a kind, and uh, I am giving you important instructions. This is my beloved son, same as at the water baptism, but this time, no confusion, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. I want to invite you uh, in your journey with Jesus and wanting to hear his voice more clearly to hear the Lord, and at times you're going to have to slide out of the hearing the law, hearing Moses, though he's standing right there. At times you're going to have to slide out of hearing the prophets, the long pointing finger, thus says the Lord. <laughs> I remember that one time I said it to the uh, worship team the other night when they were practicing a song and someone sang the long, wrong lyric. It's a, it's a lot of fun just being human, isn't it? I remember early on in my life as in a charismatic meeting Pentecostal like this, there's a lot more people. And, you know, everyone's all in everyone. In fact, as teenagers, we used to lay down on the floor like Lincoln Logs. Just lay down there and pray because we were taught, cry out for the presence of God. Ask, ask you want a gift of the Spirit? Uh, Evans Roberts said, get on your belly and scream for it. You know, you run around like a crazy man at a ball game for what? So a guy can be a millionaire on your ticket. That's like... But you, so you scream for the, for the gifts, and I remember someone stood up in the, in, in the congregation with the gifts of the Spirit and said, You are the vine, and I am the branches, says the Lord. You know, with all well intention and quoting John 15, the problem is they got it inverted. And then, you know, all of a sudden your brain kicks in and says, What did I just say? Excuse, and this is how it went. Excuse me, says the Lord. I'm the vine, and you're the branches. <laughs> so, you know, when we hear the Lord, we hear it through a human ear. But on the other hand, there's something about hearing and then getting it in your spirit. And that's not through the human ear. Uh, when you want to hear Jesus, you want to know that God is able to communicate outside of the voice of words to your spirit, man. Will you just do this like, like Colleen made the best quiche for breakfast or the best turkey? I got the best wife in the whole wide world for me. <laughs> I said for me. Thank you, Lord. So you hear God in your spirit, man, and, and uh, we're spiritual beings that express that life in a soul that's contained in a body. That's really how it works. That's the model of the Father, Son, and Spirit. 
spirit, soul, and body. Okay. So at the end of his life, Jesus, at getting ready to face the gates of death, is told, uh, you are my beloved son. I'm with you. I'll be with you, and I'll walk you through this. Um, so the word of God can speak to us. Let's just quickly go through. I think I'm managing my time okay. I've got a lot to share, but mostly more to impart. I want to impart out of a story uh, that you can hear God and you do hear God. We've already heard God in our worship this morning. Thank you, guys. It was rich. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's all about words. Uh, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. Jump down to verse 11. This word, this word man, this Jesus, the logos, the rhema, the uh, creator expressing what God uh, thought in expressing it with words and the Holy Spirit carrying it out. He came unto his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So God empowers me by simple faith to become a son of God and to be more like him. That includes hearing, hearing him. And this word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We'll go on to say in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. And that wonderful dialogue that Jesus had with his followers, his inquisitive new friends, he is telling them, well, he used the analogy of sheep and a shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and have known of mine. I'm on number 10, please. And my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What, could we say that together? My sheep, my sheep. hear my voice, hear my and I know them, and they follow me. I think that we could, in, in linguistics or in true understanding of what our Savior is saying here, I think we can break this down into two words, uh, two word diagrams, if we were going to diagram. My sheep would be one. They hear my voice, I know them, and they follow. I don't think that's a, a declarative statement that happens all at once. In fact, let me use this example. We're told, especially now, uh, with the advances in medical science, we're told that the first sense of the human being to develop is shema, hearing. And we're told in end-of-life care that the last sense of the human being to leave the body is hearing. I, I could tell you stories that would just make you cry. It makes me cry. As a minister, it's one of the things I... I'm asked to do and enjoy doing and it's bringing the presence of God into someone's end of life. Taking them by the hand. They can't take communion. I'll, I'll put the substances on their wrist right, right near the IV and through assimilation and topical application. I'll just pray the prayer and I can, just, I can feel them hearing it as they just can't talk. They're intubated or they, they're, they're sensing, they're hearing. No different than my little, my little and Clark's little, you know, we're sharing... Right now, Father, bless this little child in utero. 
let him enjoy hearing the voice of God and how much God loves him. And he knew him from the foundation of the world. And he's heard his mama's prayers and mama's singing. All the jubilation, the sounds of, the, uh, 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 the sounds of joyful salvation are in the tents of the righteous. Now just think if that starts when you're in utero and never stops. Could you, could you say ultimately what you hear? My goodness. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I knew nothing about Randy Johnson until I heard it watching a World Series. I said, wow, what a story. I mean, his arm, I mean, that was his wingspan, like seven foot, I mean, just a, a long, tall, strong athlete. And he kind of just got the laws of physics going. Boom. Boy, we hear, we learn, and we, we say. We, we hear, your pastor hears God's voice. The people of Eagles Nest Church hear God's voice. But in some cases, we're still in utero. We're still developing the sense of, oh, that's my child, or that's my mother. I don't know what she's saying, but I know the tones. That's my mom. And, and we do that to God, and we grow. When we get close to him, we grow hearing his voice. And so that's, that, I want to in, invite you to envision yourself hearing the voice of God and sometimes even the voice of words. Now, there's ways to hear his voice. Going back to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, this is a good scripture. You've heard it. I've heard it. If, you're, if you've raised the church, let me see. I don't see anyone here uh, that, well, may, maybe someone is here that has not been saved. So my, may God bless your words here in, in a few minutes as you just invite people to invite Christ. But this is uh, what Moses said to the children of Israel at the close of his life when he was close to being done. He was about 120 years old. The whole, the whole book of Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Torah, or the fifth book of Moses, is the recounting of Moses' life, his his. It's not his journal, it's his summary looking back. So he's close to Mount Nebo where he's going to be buried by God. And he's looking and he's telling them the things they need to know. And he says, God humbled you and God suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you knew not, neither did your fathers know, that God might make you to know that man does not live by bread only, but by, will you say, by every word. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of of Yahweh does man live. Now, there's much more that could be said about that and perhaps should, but let me just say this. I believe that I'm maintaining integrity to the Scriptures of what is being communicated there when I tell you what God wants you to know is what you can take from the ground. You don't go out and pick a loaf of rye bread. You plant a wheat seed. And the wheat seed grows by the natural processes and creative genius of our Father. And that's from the beginning until the end. There will be sun and heat, and, or cold and heat, sun and moon, uh, summer and winter. These things won't, won't cease. God will never, ever again destroy the whole earth with a cataclysmous outpouring of judgment. He promised, and His words recorded are true. So there will always be the, the bread process to sustain you. But, but the Lord was telling Moses to tell the people, it's not only what you know and what you can hold in your hand and what you can create from something that you have. God reserves the right to interrupt and intrude with a brand new word right now. Amen. 
Because in your life, you're going to need that. And he wants to get his condition to that. The Jews lost sight of that. They put the word of Moses in their phylactery. They put the prophet's words of Elijah on their wrists. And they lived in the confines and constricts of those words. And if they stepped outside, Jesus, don't heal them on the Sabbath day. Why not? Because Moses said not to. And that was a moment that Jesus had to use to insert a word from heaven, and it helped the people. So let's go on to see how Jesus used this. After the water baptism there in the Jordan River, the scripture tells us, Mark says the Spirit drives him into the wilderness. Uh, Luke says he was led of the Spirit. Matthew says he was led of the Spirit. But he was going to be tested for 40 days. You remember the temptations. He was tempted in the realm of the body. He was tempted in the realm of the soul. And he was tempted in the realm of the spirit. Every one of those temptations were encountered not, not with what Jesus grabbed out of his phylactery or off his forehead or what he heard from Joel Olstein on the radio that morning, uh, though it could have been. Instead, Jesus used this scripture and he said, answered the devil saying, it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. God was taking the scriptures that he had given to us that we can process, we can plant like a wheat seed, and we can bring up and create a five point, a three point, or a story message and, and bless someone. But God can also just say something right now to the believer that believes in that process. That's called hearing his word. And Jesus defeated the devil by what God was speaking to him right now. Now, may I also point out that when the Lord intervenes with a word, it will always, always, always agree with his plan. Okay? And so I'm, I'm not here to justify everything that I say. You'll, you'll catch it from the Lord. But you hear God. You hear his beloved son. Let, 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 give me, let, I'll give you a couple of examples. You hear God when you go to church. Amen. You hear God when you read God's word. You hear God when you pray. You hear God when you ask to hear God. He wants you to ask. I mean, could you imagine if little Ariella here, she's no longer in mommy's tummy, if we just, you know, didn't communicate audibly or intelligently to her. God's expecting us to grow in grace, grow in hearing him, and he entrusts us with a, with a work plan, a task, a gift, an anointing to accomplish that. So God, God blesses us when you ask, when you, look at the next one. I, I got ask on there. God allows you to hear his word when you sleep and when you dream. He reserves the right to rest the body and download into the spirit and the soul. Uh, where's Sister Sharon? Oh, she's out there guarding our, our back doors and blessing him. She had a wonderful dream about this church. I'm going to let her tell it. I can't wait. And I had the same dream uh, from my perspective. Same thing. Just people just hungering out loud and worshiping God. So many people, and they were pulling the, pulling the shout out of me. I got a shout in me that I've kind of had to just let, let lie dormant for a while. But God lets you hear his word, and when you wake and think in your, in your meditations... And it's good for you to say, Lord, I'm going to reserve this time for you. I want to share with you some 2020 vision. I want to envision you. In fact, uh, Stu, will you open, 
grandma's Bible there for me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Here's how this kind of played out in a story. Uh, it's important because you, you can hear God in church just from the, I hope you're hearing the, the still small voice in your, in your uh, heart right now from the Lord as I'm sharing. But uh, it's not uncommon for people to have adversity come at them. That doesn't mean you're not obeying God. Got it? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to share this story. 2 Chronicles 20.20 is a very famous verse if you're familiar with the Old Testament. In in my book, it's not complete, but it's it's a really good book about the kings, the 23 kings of Israel. And in the Lord's time, just pray for me that God will release that and open that door because there's powerful revelations in the storylines of the kings that ruled over Israel for some several hundred years. But it, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, uh, re- those were Lot's descendants. They were causing problems. You know, when you, when you start in problem mode, it's pretty easy to stay in problem mode until someone takes you out of problem mode. That's important. But... Uh, there came uh, and told Jehoshaphat, whose name means uh, God has judged me, or the judgment of God. And when God looks at me, his judgment has already been passed. You know what he says? <laughs> innocent because of his faith in Christ. Yeah, but he, innocent because of his faith in Christ. There's no yeah, buts, no, did you see? I'll, let me tell you a story. Innocent because of his faith in Christ. Acquitted, hey, Hallelujah. So they came, that's what Jehoshaphat's name was, a good king, saying, There comes a great multitude from the east over there by Hezion-tar, which is in Gedi. How many of our Israel travelers, the Jordan 7, were there? Uh, Israel, Mitch released his song coming down the Jordan, uh, or, excuse me, the Engedi River toward, this is where this is happening. Come on, we were there. Uh, I love this. It's not like some old fairy tale. This is, you can go there and experience the, Living words that are penetrated in those rocks because the sound waves hit them and they're still there. Mm-hmm. And Jehoshaphat feared that the enemy's coming. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. This church is in a proclaimed dedication, a fast. Somehow, some way, you've dedicated this first 40 days to the Lord. It's almost over. I've seen strides of growth in my life. And just more grace coming to me where God knows I need more grace. I'm dealing with people that don't know the Lord, and he wants them to know him. And he sent me to help them to know him. So it's important that I hear God's voice. God, give me words. Help me form words that will fit their ears. It's so fun. It's a great adventure. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Amazing, you get a new church, you get a new court, you could still have problems from without. You build it, they'll come. Not so, not so. <laughs> they just blew up the Bradley Center. They built it and they ain't coming there anymore. Make sure God's telling you to build it and then it'll be okay. Um, and God and, and the Lord God of our fathers. Now listen, listen to what the king says when he's in trouble. He's in trouble and, and it's, I don't know that it's his fault. The enemy was going to... Um, Come against them from the east, and they're on their way. And he says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen, and your hand is 
is there uh, with power and might so that none is able to withstand you? Are you not God who did drive out the inhabitants of the land of the people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham forever and dwelt therein and have built, and, and have built a sanctuary there? In, in, you built a sanctuary there for your name, saying, if when evil comes upon us and the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine and we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house, and cry unto you in our affliction, you will hear and you will help. What is the king doing? He's recounting what God did in the past. Do you want to hear God? Do you want to hear God? Hear, hear his voice? In a still small voice, come out of not your brain, because you know what your brain's going to say? Oh, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the creditors. My, my son's he's been out all night. My daughter's playing the harlot. My, my job is good. If you want to hear God, don't talk out of your head. Talk out of your heart and recount what God has done in the past. He's encouraging himself. You're the God that told us to come to church. You're the God that said to pray and to cry out toward a direction. What direction? The gathering of your people. God said, I'll put my name there. So Ahab is crying out. Uh, to the Lord, and the people are hearing the king. You've, many of you, if you come on a prayer night, man, there was no place I would have rather been on Friday night than right here with Sharon and Colleen and Bill and, and, and Mike and Scotty and Desiree. I mean, you, anybody can come, and that's just, I have an appetite for it. You know, like Randy Johnson or Michael Jordan. They're turning the lights off. I don't care. I'll shoot them in the dark. I'll shoot them in the dark. Guess what? That guy could shoot them in the dark. You'll do what you're inclined or you want to do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out and crying out to the Lord with our, our intercessors here for God to really bless this region and our nation and our church. That's what Jehoshaphat's doing. And then, he, then he says, this is what's, this is what's up, God. And in uh, verse 12, oh, you're too far, too far. Back up, back up. Do I got one more back of that? Oh, God, no, next one. Yeah, there. And so he says, oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company and neither that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's a humble, honest position to take. And that's the kind of prayer that's going to get you a really, really good answer in your thoughts, answer in your ear. It's going to get you an answer from heaven. The king is saying, a great company is coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And as the story goes on, then uh, Jehaziel, who's a Levite, that means he's a singer, and he's of the sons of Asaph, who David himself trained. Uh, he, it says, uh, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came upon Jehaziel, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. May, may I point out that Jehoshaphat's not in the Oval Office or not in the private chambers. He's in the midst of the people. When Jesus came and poured out his heart, he did it in the midst of the people. He wanted to teach them that God loved them and that God he speaks to them too. He said, you're my sheep. You hear my voice. You're learning about this. So Jehaziel hears his king. He serves his king in the chamber singing, and he hears his king saying, boy, these armies are strong, and they're outnumbering us. God, I don't know what to do. And so like Stu or Mitch or Currie or, or Linda or Kathy or, or, or Stuart or, or uh, Ian or Nathan or David 
or Stacy or Desiree or Scotty or Andy or Terry or, or Corey. They're, they're the Levites and they're used to hearing God. Well, this is what we plan. We know how to get bread, but God's going to speak a word. He said, you're not going to do it with your bread on the shelf. You're going to do this with a word from heaven. The Spirit of God comes upon Jehaziel. In the midst of the congregation, is it important to come to church? <laughs> Third commandment. Hey, Yes. In fact, it's the longest commandment. Wait. Yeah. Fourth. It's 88 words in length. It's the longest commandment because God needed to define. It is important for you to take your rest and join my other people taking rest because I might put the answer to your question in Ian. And you're crying out and crying out and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the problem's getting closer and closer and closer, but the answer was where you didn't go. So you might go through another season of hardness. Oh, it's important. 112, no, 105 words if you use the italicized English transliteration. 88 words if you use the Hebrew. It's important to gather together. In the midst of the congregation... The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel, whose name means, watch this, Jehaziel's name in the Hebrew means beheld by God. See, when you're, when you're up here, you just, just, that's my appetite. You know, to give, me, give, me, give me a free, whatever, free month of music. I'm going to put on the best anointed stuff. I have an appetite for that. And you get your ear trained to it. You hear God in it, and God hears you in it. And so Jehaziel's in the midst of the congregation. The word of the Lord comes to him. And he says, be not afraid. Thus says the Lord. Don't be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come by the cliff of Ziz, and you'll find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Now, that's not bread off the shelf. He's telling them right now where they're going to be tomorrow. I like that about God. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Your pastor needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. What's my marching orders for today? Thank you, Lord. And, uh, so, and you, you know how the story uh, continues here. You'll find them, and you'll not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, be dis nor be dismayed, for tomorrow go out, for the Lord will give them to you. And then... Uh, that is so powerful, the way it unfolds. Now, here's the young, that's the worship team taking too much time. And then the pastor, the guest minister, has got his, his bread message already. But God's given words up here. So just, this, this is not new for us. We're not the first people to go over 1130, hello. I don't care about the kickoff and who the blank, who the blank is Oscar anyway. I don't need to, Oscar, the, the you know. Yeah, that's tonight, the Oscars. I thought, who's Oscar? I don't even know who Oscar is. But I can tell you who Jesus is. He's someone that speaks to me in time of trouble, draws close to me in trouble. He heals me when I'm sick, forgives my sins. I want to introduce him to you. So in the midst of the congregation, uh, Jehaziel speaks out his launched word, like Stacy. I'll never forget the day when she said here, the Lord's healing somebody of cancer. She was standing right here. And I said, well, we'll find out. And there was a man right over there sitting where you're sitting, Christian. He came up to me after, after the service in tears. He said, I just went to the doctor. I thought I had a cough. He diagnosed me with stage four cancer. Yeah. 
will you please pray? And I said, well, I'm going to have this girl pray for you. Brought them together, and God brought him through that dreaded disease. Let's give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Jesus. There's gifts of healing in the Holy Spirit. A right now word. That wasn't a loaf of bread. Uh, that's not the only way we live. And so Jehaziel launches out this word. You're not even going to have to fight. He's a singer. The king hears it in the midst of the people, and this is the king's answer. This is your pastor's answer when I hear God speak through Clark to me or speak through Sharon to you. This is your 2020. Say, I have 2020 vision. Wendy, can you help me the next one? They rose early in the morning. Now, I'm giving, I give the king credit. He had to sleep on it. Hmm. <laughs> That's not my generals talking. It's one of my singers. He's always wanting more volume. But I sure felt something when he said it. The king sleeps on it, gets up in the morning and rises early and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. Uh, by the way, for my travelers over there, that means he came the Masada back way. Down when we went to Masada, if you were on the trip that the cable car was closed, remember we drove all the way back, it took two hours. So this is where they are. This is where they are, on the backside of Masada. And uh, he, he, Jehoshaphat stands still, his name means already judged of God, and he says, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe, let's read this aloud together, I'm almost done. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe as prophets, so shall you prosper. That's a beautiful statement to make when you're in, in, in need of a word. And then he says, Thus says the Lord, be not afraid nor despaid, for by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord. And the Lord, when he consulted with the people, now here's where I want to leave you, and if we could have a song, this would be great. But don't start, because I don't want you to miss this. Here's what Jehaziel, by the king, tells them to do. And this is what we need to do. If you want to hear the Lord and see his glory, you know, and last week someone was touched by the presence of the Lord and fell back in the chair and began to, you know, get a new prayer language. When, when King J-Lo, I mean J-Ho, when King J-Ho got a hold of the word from someone else in the congregation, I love that inner submission of the body of Christ. He appointed singers unto the Lord and praisers that should praise the beauty of his holiness. They went out before the army. Here's our message. Here was the key to deliverance. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Here's my... Uh, my ask with you. Wendy, can we go to the next one and we'll close. Mike, will you be ready here? Come and join me, Pastor Mike. And, and let's wait with the worship team. Stu and Ian and Nathan, could you help me? Just, just go up there and take the microphone. Here's the declaration. We used the storyline of maybe 2,600 years ago, but I think it, it applies today. Jesus declared that we hear his voice. Will you join me in standing as we prepare to dismiss ourselves into the month of February 2020? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I praise you for your goodness, and I praise you that your mercy endures forever. 
There's not a moment where I can't tap into the fountain of mercy and enjoy the goodness of God that leads us to a change of mind and a change of actions and a change of life direction. I just announced that here today, and, and I say with these little axiom statements you gave to me, Lord, help me to hear you when I'm in trouble. Lord, help me to hear you when, when I'm in church. Lord, help me to hear you when I'm reading your word contained in the Bible, that loaf of beautiful bread that we get to partake of. Lord, help me to hear you when I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just, uh, just put your hands on your earlobes as we just minister to the Lord? Just close your eyes and let him bless you. I just speak the word that Jesus spoke to the young girl that couldn't hear. Epitha, be opened. Thank you for your love, Jesus. I hear the Lord saying, my well-beloved son is Jesus. Read about him and ask questions. And the spirit of my son, the Holy Spirit, will answer you and encourage you in my great love for you. Focus not on the difficulties or tasks at hand, but on the help that is available to you. For I fill you with my Holy Spirit today because you have delighted in my presence and you have worshipped me with your whole heart. Yea, there's fresh oil being poured out and even natural healing is occurring in your body. Enjoy me forever. That is the whole duty of man. Know of my great love and stay longer in my classes as we talk with one another. And I will teach you great and mighty things that you do not yet know. For the world around you longs to hear that there is a God in heaven who loves them. And as their ears are closed without knowing my son's love, I will send you with the words, be opened. And you shall delight greatly in seeing many come to the goodness of righteousness and the blessedness of holiness and the joy of knowing the love of your Father. Thanks for listening to a recent message by Senior Pastor Tim Winter. Please visit eaglesnestchurch.net for more information.